It's time now for Radio Church on 4CRM. Radio Church is a free service to the community, providing a weekly church service from a variety of churches in the Mackay region as a supplement to your choice of a place to worship or for those who are housebound, an opportunity not to miss out. If you think your church would like to be involved in providing a message and service as part of a roster, please contact the station, send an email to 4CRM at 4CRM.com.au. Market the attention of Colin Hardy. Likewise, if you have any questions about what you hear on Radio Church or would like to know more, today's service presented to you by Pastor Jeff Grant from the Uniting Church in Serena. Jeff has chosen a song called Unfailing Love to start off today's service by Jeff Bullock.
Jeff Bullock in Unfailing Love. I hope you enjoyed that. Jeff Grant here. I'm the pastor of the United Church in Serena. You're listening to Radio Church on 4CRM Mackay, 107.5 FM. Dear ones, today I pray that you'll be blessed as you join with me in praise, teaching and worship time. The Holy Bible says, As a deer longs for streams of cool water, so I long for you, O God. I thirst for you, the living God. When can I go and worship in your presence? That's from the Psalms. The Bible tells us that God loved the world so much that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. Let us hear another one of my favourites from Robin Mark. How great are you, Lord? Here's Robin Mark. Your mercy. 
again, dear friends. You're listening to Radio Church on 4CRM Mackay 107.5 FM. I'm Jeff Graham, and I've called today's message The Wonder of It All. The Wonder of It All. I've taken this from the book of Ephesians and chapter 2 and verses 1 to 10. Powerball dreams. Just think about that and fantasize, if you like, for a moment. What an incomparable win. A life, and probably many lives, that are totally changed. This man, who lives somewhere near Rural View, he, he didn't even know what he had for several days. The Powerball was won, picked out the numbers and won on Thursday, and this man, who's still unknown, unnamed rather, claimed it on the Monday. He was for several days in total ignorance that he just won a life-changing fortune. Not one million, but 50 million. He'd, he'd actually heard that a local in Mackay and even Rural View was the winner. But he didn't check his numbers right away. And when he finally came, can you imagine how he felt? What he thought? A bit of anxiety, perhaps, until he checked with the Powerball people and found out, yes, he's a multi-millionaire. What a Powerball dream I'm made of. But what if we are offered an unbelievable gift by a total and complete stranger? And like this man, also, we didn't know what was being offered. We didn't know it was about to be given to us. We didn't know we were about to receive it. We had no idea. Well, that's exactly what happens when you hear about Jesus Christ in a new way for the first time. He's not just a name you've, you've read about or heard about or be, or be ignorant of or not taken any notice of. You've heard his name used as a swear word, but you suddenly hear it in a new way and realize that it affects you. It's meant for you. The Apostle Paul describes our meeting with Christ as a far greater win than any earthly riches we could possibly receive. I'd like to read for you the first three verses of Ephesians 2. Paul writes, As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins, in which you used to live, when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. I've entitled this first section, The Trouble We Were In. I've called the whole message, The Wonder of It All. But it starts with all the bad news. Paul begins writing to these people who are Christians in Ephesus. Uh, he just first describes our unknowing state the way we were born into, the way we grew up in, and the way most people are living in. Spiritually dead. Spiritually dead. Because of transgressions, breaking the law, and sins. Living in a lawless way. Living in a selfish way. Living in an ungodly way. And you know, dear ones, this is confirmed every day. This, this is not a shock. This shouldn't be a shock to you or to anyone. Every day is confirmed to us. We hear about it in the media. Just recently I heard about the trouble in Townsville, that uh, youth crime is out of control and people are taking the law into their own hands and, and some vigilantes recently uh, were chasing a stolen car and as a result a young woman was killed, a, a, a young woman who was about to become a police officer. She was killed because these people were trying to stop youth criminals. Uh, we've just heard about uh, disasters uh, of a sexual nature, immoral nature in Parliament. Not one or two, but several people are now under a cloud because of accusations and a culture that's rife with uh, abuse towards women. People are living in a sinful way where we live, in our street, 
You hear people arguing. You see people driving their cars dangerously in just quiet back streets. You hear children crying. There's all kinds of evidence all around us that sin is rampant in this world that we live in. Paul goes on further though. Not only are we dead spiritually because of the way we live, but we're following the ways of a spiritual leader. He's talking about the devil, and many people don't believe in the devil, but Paul says uh, this spiritual ruler, he's the kingdom of the air, and he's at work in people's lives, darkening our understanding, and that's one way of putting it, making us ignorant of the other life. It's almost as if we are living like worms and insects, completely unaware of the huge life that humans live. He says we're rebellious towards God. And we don't even realise that. I don't know how many times a day I hear people saying, Oh my God. Or Jesus Christ in a profane way. People are, uh, just don't realise how wonderful God is. And they joke about His presence. All the time. So we're unaware of what we're doing. He goes on to say further, this Paul in this section, that we, we live any way we can, any way we're able, and we live as we please. In fact, we are uh, conditioned by the need to gratify our desires and fancies and fantasies, our cravings. Uh, many people, if not most people, crave for approval, for attention. And most people are really wrapped up in self-love or self-worship. The greatest idol in most people's lives is self. In very nature, Paul says, we're by nature deserving or of. Our very nature is the problem. We have the nature from our forebears. And not only that, we're under threat. We've already been found guilty by the purest court in eternity, the court of heaven, is found us guilty. And we're completely unaware of that. We just don't realise that we're under the threat of God's wrath, God's anger. We're living in spiritual darkness, oblivious to the life that's possible, and this is the fact of our life on earth. The trouble we are in is we're cut off from the life that we could have had. We're living in poverty when we could be living in spiritual riches. Let's pause for a moment. I'd like to play for you. By Mahalia Jackson, I come to the garden alone. Please take time to enjoy this lovely song.
really hope you enjoyed that. Mahalia Jackson, what a woman. This is Jeff Grant, Radio 4 CRM uh, Mackay, and this is Radio Church. And uh, I'm talking to you uh, from the book of Ephesians, chapter 2, verses 1 through 10, and I've called this the wonder of it all. And I've just been talking to you about uh, the trouble we are in. And it'd be terrible to leave it there. But Paul starts off by saying the trouble we were in is that we have by nature a problem of sin. However, there's good news. And I want to read to you verses 4, 5 and 6. And I, I love the way the word but God appears throughout the Holy Bible in so many places. Here it is again. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ. Even when we were dead in transgressions, it is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. But God, what a blessed statement. It would be awful to say that there's no hope for people who are living in their transgressions and sins and following uh, the prince of the power of this world the spiritual guide who makes us disobedient to God. Paul reveals what has happened to those he's writing to, to those who believe, beginning with God's grace and really without them even knowing what was happening, God changed them forever. It says here, He made us alive when we were not deserving of it and while we were spiritually dead. What a transformation from being spiritually dead to being alive. Aware. Like the blind man who couldn't see in John chapter 9. And suddenly, he was, once he was born blind, but now he can see everything. That's the difference. Paul says here that we're rescued by grace. That means pure, undeserved favor. Nothing we could do. We're made alive. And we're raised up. We're, we're given a new perspective. It's like we're, we're floating above this earth. That's the kind of the impression you get from the words raised up. And we can see things differently. We can see what our sinful life was like. We can see how the power of God can change us through His Holy Spirit in us. Different life altogether. And then Paul goes on to say, we're, and we're seated in heaven already. We're already there. And we're with Jesus Christ, who's gone ahead. You remember Jesus uh, in John chapter 14 said, um, Don't be disheartened, don't be worried, don't be anxious. Uh, in my Father's house are many rooms. I'm going to prepare a place for you. We've already got a place in heaven with our name on it. That's what he's saying. So that's the transformation that we have. We've got things ahead of us we can't possibly know that are wonderful that are amazing we've left the life of uh, under the penalty of sin and the power of sin and in the future we'll be even separated from the presence of sin dear ones it's, it's hard to imagine the difference in a life struggling to make ends meet and then suddenly receiving a fortune I think some people will be satisfied with just one million or even 10,000. What a difference that would make. But $50 million, it's incomparable. It's just, it's a fortune. He's a multi-millionaire, this fellow from North Mackay, somewhere around Rural View. And he didn't even know he'd won it for several days. But beloved, it's just as amazing to know the difference when you realise you have been changed by the intervention and the life gift of the Son of God. That's the difference. What a transformation. Let's pause for a moment and listen to Don Muin sing God Will Make a Way. Here's Don.
I'm Jeff Grant, and this is Radio Church on 4CR in Mackay, 107.5 FM. And this message I've entitled, The Wonder of It All. We looked at the first point, the trouble we were in. We have a nature of sin. That's terrible, it's bad news. But the second part is, uh, what a transformation when Christ becomes part of our life. He's no longer uh, a swear word. He's no longer just a historical person. He's suddenly our saviour, our lord, our king, our friend. What a change. And now the final section I'd like to read for you in Ephesians 2 is from verses 7 through 10. Paul writes, In order, he saved us and seated us and did all these things in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus for it is by grace you have been saved through faith and this is not from yourselves it is the gift of God not by works so that no one can boast for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do I've called these Four verses, a masterpiece in the making. And Paul answers the question, but why? Why would God do this? Why would God take someone who lived their life in opposition to him, using his name as a swear word, abusing the name of Jesus? Why would God reach out to such a person and reveal himself to them? Paul says here, why God picked us? He just wanted to bless us. We can't understand it. Why would God pick someone? It doesn't matter whether they're rich or poor, old or young, good-looking or not so good-looking. <laughs> uh, why would God pick me? Why would God pick you? He just wanted to bless us. Isn't that beautiful? No other reason. That's what grace means. Grace, as I mentioned before, is pure, undeserved favour. So that in the coming ages... In uncountable days in the coming ages for eternity. Our life is just a pinprick in time. But in the coming ages means an uncountable life, an uncounted number of days that we'll be alive, not on this earth, but in a spiritual body. And he uses this word incomparable riches. Riches we cannot imagine, unable to be assessed, beyond comprehension, inconceivable, amazing. Words fail me in describing what this word could possibly mean. It's something far beyond we could possibly grasp. And that's what God has in store for us in the, in the coming ages. Not necessarily in this life. It doesn't mean we're going to be rich. Some people become rich for all kinds of reasons. Like our brother who won the $50 million. But God gives us a far better riches. The riches of love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control and assurance that we are loved unconditionally by God who created everything. And Paul goes on to say, not only are we going to get these incomparable riches in the, in the accountable future, the coming ages, but they're expressed to us in God's kindness. What a lovely expression. But the loving kindness of God. Yet God loves to show his kindness to his children, to those who believe in him. But also the Bible says that he shows kindness to unbelievers, people who, who reject him, people who, who don't know him, people who don't want to know him. He shows kindness to those people as well. Because the kindness of God is meant to lead us to repentance. If God loves me, then I need to uh, let him be in control of my life. Far better to have someone who's full of kindness and grace be in control of my life than me. I'm going to mess it up if you let me control it. So Paul is writing to the, these people, the now set free people, the people saved from ignorance and saved from threat. There's no more judgment hanging over them where sin has been dealt with by Jesus Christ's death, his blood on the cross, there's no more sin for those who believe in him. 
And this is based purely on the heart of the giver, on the heart of God. He actually repeats virtually and expands what he said back in verse 5. It is by grace you have been saved, he says. And now he says, he says that again, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith. So God gives us the gift of faith to believe in his son Jesus. And that's an act of grace. And it's not something we desired for ourselves. It's not something we earned. It's a gift of God. Not by works that no one can boast. If we could deserve this relationship with God, we boast about it. I must be pretty good to, to have for God to love me. But we know the opposite is true. I was as bad as I could be in my life. But God forgave it anyway and set me free. <laughs> it's so wonderful. It's, it's a joyful laughter to realize we've been saved by grace. God saw our future with his son. He actually chose us. And he created us to be what he saw us to be. And the word he uses here in Ephesians 2.10 is handiwork. We are God's handiwork. And beloved, that literally means a masterpiece. A masterpiece. Far better than a building or a painting or music or any kind of art form that we would call a masterpiece. Your life and my life is a masterpiece in the eyes of God. For as we yield ourselves to Him, He works in us, changing us, making us more like Christ. And then it says here at the very end of verse 10, He has plans for us, for good works. Notice they're not bad ones. They're not crook ones. They're not faulty or frail or fragile ones. They are good works. They're abundant works. They're spectacular in their love and their beauty and their goodness. And that's what he's got in store for you and for me in this life. He wants us to fulfill the good works he's already planned, he's already gifted us to do. And he's got to set them in motion. He's, he's already got the good works ready for us to do them. How wonderful. The wonder of it all. All eternity we will be giving praise and thanks to God. For he chose us and lifted us out of the darkness and the blackness we were in and seated us with Christ through all eternity. Now, dear ones, to win $50 million without any doubt is a life-changing event. You may love to fantasize about that. $50 million. I could give some away. I could bless my my friends, my children, my loved ones, my parents, all kinds of people. I could be, I could bless so many people if I had $50 million. I would just love, most of us would say, to be in that position. But what we read in the Bible here, in this second chapter of Ephesians, is that to gain Jesus Christ is to change our life exponentially. Now, how it change our nature. No longer a sin nature. No longer uh, caught up in the temptation to sin, to break the law and disobey God. Uh, no longer under the threat of punishment for that sin. And one day in glory, separated forever from the presence of sin. So, to gain Jesus Christ, to change our nature, our life, our future, and our eternal destiny forever. Forever. I hope this man's $50 million doesn't run out. But the blessing that God gives us will never, never run out. Isn't that wonderful? I'd like to play for you now, before I come back to say goodbye, a couple of songs of praise and inspiration. One day at a time, sweet Jesus, and from Bill and Gloria Gaither, there's something about that name. Hope you enjoy these songs. One day at a
Church on 107.5 FM for CRM Mackay.
That's Terry McKelman with Jesus' name above all names, bringing this week's Radio Church on Force CRM to a close.